Hey, do you need a website? Why not build it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, you can get your site live today. Not tomorrow, well definitely not yesterday, but today. With hundreds of templates and easy drag and drop features, it's simple to customize and there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You just need to be you. So, go to Wix.com, that's W-I-X.com, and create your own stunning website. It's easy, and it's free. This was, it had to have been 2006, I believe. For Oklahoma. On the field. I'm a huge Oregon Ducks fan, football fan, college football fan. And they were playing Oklahoma in Eugene, Oregon. Final, not, I don't know, probably final minute or two of the game. Oregon was charging back and coming back. Kicked a, an onside kick. And they recovered it. And it was a miracle and amazing. And I leapt out of the couch and could not have been more excited. Oh my God, we're going to have a chance to go down and beat Oklahoma, this huge game. And all of a sudden... And then the wrestling match at the bottom, and Oregon comes out with it. Patrick Chung may have been at the bottom there. But hold on, Oklahoma's got the football. And they're saying, wait a minute, the pileup's over there. We've got the ball over here. The referees and officials didn't know if the ball traveled the necessary 10 yards before you can recover an onside kick. And it seemed like the replays lasted about an hour. Take a look at this thing. You tell me if it goes 10 yards, and you tell me who hit it first. That's the question. Who hit it first? That's awful close from that angle. Keep in mind, it's got to be indisputable video evidence. This is a good angle right here. Go up for it should be Oklahoma football, but instead Oregon's offense is on the field. And eventually it was ruled that... After review, there's conclusive video evidence that the ball was touched by a receiving team player which makes the ball live. Oregon ball. First That's a bad call. That's a bad call. It did travel the 10 yards. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> true, but it's one of those really conflicting moments as a sports fan where you're like, oh, thank God this was a probably wrong call that happened because it helped my team, even though we watched it happen and we're still not positive if it was the right call, like 37 times. And then that's when I realized that sometimes refs screwing up is, is a good thing, is a great thing. And I'm, I'm sorry, all sorts of fans, that the 98% of the fans that are really angry at that story, especially Oklahoma fans, but... Replay is awesome. It doesn't always work, and it's excruciating when you're watching the same thing over and over and over again. You have no idea how it's going to turn out. Yeah, I mean, I I think that sounds great because both teams are irrelevant because the Ohio State University is the only great team in college football. <sighs> Touchdown! <laughs> Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheBridge.com. I am your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant. Today, I am joined by my colleague, my friend, Dan Rubenstein from... Daniel, S- Daniel Stewart Rubenstein, Daniel, we're going wait, full, yeah. Daniel Stewart, is that the name of the bad guy in Home Alone? No, that's uh, Daniel Stern. Ah, I know, so real close. close. I could have been a wet bandit. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm impressed that you didn't know who Daniel Stern was. Of course, the voice of uh, <laughs> Kevin Arnold. 
Wonder Years. Wow, you're right. Yeah, he is. Oh my gosh, what a, what a, a powerful career. Celtic Pride as well. Sure, he bushwhacked. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about something. Else. What I do is I derail other people's yes, podcasts. That's are, what I do. You are sorry. Uh, you are a, a host, contributor, producer, yeah. and a professional derailer of podcasts mm-hmm. at SB Nation, the sports site here at Vox Media. Yeah. Um, uh, you sit right across from me on days now that I am in New York City, which mm-hmm. I am today with you. Uh, and today we're talking about instant replay. Yeah. Here's, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit Let's. on the production of a uh, podcast. Yeah. I have a suspicion mm-hmm. that uh, football season has not started yet. We are not in the playoffs right. uh, for uh, Major League Baseball. Something will go wrong in the next four months. Of course. Involving instant replay. And then I am going to press a button and this this episode is going to go live. And I'm going to give it like a headline that's like, ah, everything you need to know about instant, instant. replay. Yeah. Because that, it, and this is where I'll insert the yeah, team's yeah. name. They really got screwed. Yeah, you have the potential for real nice SEO here. See? Yeah. yeah this, is, this is conniving. Yeah. Um, instant replay. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound crazy, probably because I played too many video games. Mm-hmm. I did not realize Instant Replay literally is birth of sport. Yeah. Um. So we're going to talk about that, but top level, mm-hmm. for somebody who is a dullard. Yes, absolutely. What is or Instant a, Replay as an idea? child. <laughs> yeah, Instant Replay during a broadcast game is when a play happens. Let's say a, a quarterback throws a nice pass or a... A hockey forward has an awesome slap shot or a basketball player hits a shot from half court. Something either exciting or even pretty routine happens, but we want to see it again because the announcers want to talk about it some more and the people at home would probably be better service seeing it again. Sometimes it's from a new angle. Usually it's from a new angle, a closer angle. Sometimes it is in super slow motion to get a better sense of everything that's happening. And even more recently, and I can speak to this a little further later, um... I was in the the broadcast trucks of Fox Sports during an NFL game. So I really got to see how this all worked and what is in the minds of TV directors when they're... You were they're, inside the game. I was inside the game. I was inside the truck. I was inside the game. And they pointed out something to me that obviously we all realize is happening, but that they are consciously doing. They like doing instant replays of sort of more human and emotional things. So like... We've all, like not we've all, but many people have seen the Super Bowl from last year where Tom Brady was positive Seattle was going to run the ball in at the end of the game. And then it turns out they passed it and it didn't go so well. And then there was the the reaction shot of Tom Brady. But in reality, that's an instant replay. It's an emotional instant replay in slow motion of him going from sad to ebullient in like a nanosecond. And they really love the ability because of technology and because... They feel like they're selling the emotion of football more than anything else, that they can use that as a replay where you're just sort of seeing the play from every single angle and every single eyeball. Now, they're they're being a little precious here. What they really enjoy right. doing is watching, say, uh, a player who uh, has a, a problem with their face where when yeah. they cry, yeah. it leaks like a thousand tears at once. Uh-huh. Or like a very heavy set man sitting down. Yes. And then being like... <laughs> Look at this guy, because uh, that seems like most of what I see for the human Yeah, no, they do. But ball. it's also like, you know, if somebody screws something up going ah, into yeah. commercial, you'll see like a fan, you oh, know, getting, getting destroyed. Or you'll see a quarterback throws an interception and his eyes close. And, you know, you see that like, what was he thinking element to it? The Manning face. And 
one of the cool things that I was able to see and learn is how technology has actually aided in the sort of not just emotion, but the the quality of instant replays. So like the Fox on NFL cameras, they have 4K cameras shooting the game. And it's specifically for replay, not because we're all you know owners of 4K TVs and these games aren't even broadcast in 4K, but that's how they get like, how do you see the toe, whether it's in or out of bounds on the paint? Oh, they have 4K cameras that you can zoom in on everything and it's suddenly 720p right on a dude's toenail. Sure. So it's, uh, it's cool how much technology has aided things, but it, there's still a ways to go. Okay, we're, we're going back in time. Yes, we are. Woo! Let's do that's, that. That's a noise from yeah. back in time. Uh, there, a period before instant replay, uh-huh. and there's a technology mm-hmm. perfectly named Near instant, Near instant replay. replay. Yeah. What is this? So from the little I know about this, this was Canadian. Oh, and great. most most good things sure. start in Canada. Jim Carrey. Yeah, comedy, sort of per my Carly understanding. Rae Carly Rae Jepsen. Sure. Started in Canada. Milk and bags has yet to move down to the the, the forty eight. People put milk in bags. In Canada, yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay. Um no, but in Canada, you know, obviously hockey the national sport. Um, they were able to isolate clips around 30 seconds after they happened. So it wasn't instantly replayed, but shortly thereafter, you know, TV directors were able to uh, to show what had happened. But that really was not a thing that caught on for very long because it's not the best. So tell me about the, I guess, first practical example okay, of so instant replay. Practically speaking, per my understanding, it was in the 50s, and I want to say it actually goes into college football is where instant replay has its origins. And it was, it was a service cat. It might have been Army Navy or something like that. But a TV producer who actually just recently passed away figured out a way to isolate a clip during a game and play it right after it happened. The, the sort of interesting, funny thing to me, and I wish I had seen some of these broadcasts because you sort of see them in black and white during games or something like that is the announcers had to be so vigilant about explaining that this was not live. So, like, we got to remind you, this is, again, a replay of what we have just seen. If they have not, Notre Dame has not scored seven touchdowns in seven seconds. <laughs> Aliens are not taking over the no, earth. We, we repeat. <laughs> we must repeat. Yeah, so that's funny to me that they, the announcers had to be so vigilant. But, yeah, it moved over to horse racing and boxing and all sorts of other things. But um, it was, it did have its origins instantly in college football and has sort of progressed over the years. You kind of already hit on this. Yes. But fill me in on if there are other things. What are some of the things that have been added to instant replay? Because Mm -hmm. originally, earliest instant replay is this thing happened, here's that exact thing again. Yes, and it was from the exact broadcast angle. So the big thing is, obviously cameras have gotten much better, but besides from getting better, stadiums have been populated with many more cameras. So you get angles. And so obviously, and I know I'm sure we'll touch on this, that officials can look at video replay to make proper calls or better calls. Um, the big thing is the angles. You're on the goal line. You are above the key. You are courtside. You are along the outfield wall. And it it provides a sort of a, a vantage point that should heighten your experience of understanding why calls are made and what is happening during a game. This is this is me talking about football. Yes. As if I know what I'm talking about. Sure. But I don't. Okay. I have heard mm-hmm. and read that uh, half of the game is what we see on TV. Mm-hmm. It's the quarterback and, and everything happening right. right there. But the other half, the improvisation is happening with the safety. Right. Which we don't see, or the safeties. Sure. Uh, and that there's an entire portion of the game, and that's 
what instant replay has helped us without us being aware of yep. is understand the full scope of the game because yes. it would be almost impossible especially back with smaller televisions mm-hmm. to understand the scope of football. Is that true that football yeah. owes a lot to instant replay? Football does owe a lot to instant replay and year after year the camera actually gets closer and closer in because the quarterback is obviously the the most famous person on the field generally and so people like sort of that identifying person. But yes, you don't see what's going on with receivers on the very outside of plays. You don't see what's happening with safeties, and that's what you know. Quarterbacks are reading, offensive linemen are reading what linebackers and safeties are doing. They're looking at their keys, or basically looking at what players are doing in order to make decisions before the play starts. So, yeah, the NFL has sort of introduced what's called an all twenty-two, which is every single player on the field, eleven on eleven, are in the same frame. So it's called the coaches' tape because this is what coaches use to scout teams and to sort of understand the big picture of football because the TV angles just don't show everything. And it's also a bad angle to understand the sort of geometry of football. So yes, there are, and people pay money for this during the week. I don't know if it's on Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays, people pay additional money over the, you know, direct TV packages to watch every single game because they want to watch the replay angles that coaches have. Because it is a more it is a it's a more thorough experience. I don't know. I I guess I understand if people really want to nerd out over football, why it appeals to people, but it does, and people pay money to have various angles later on in the week. Okay. Yeah. This is the part of the episode where we talk about the in, the 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 thing mm-hmm. where they the 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 officials made that wrong call. Right. Um. When did. Uh, Instant replay get kind of, I guess, absorbed into the fabric of the sport itself. The rules, yeah. Sure. Uh, relatively recently, I would say, the NFL has has rolled it out. It's been a few years. The NBA, it's been a few years. Baseball's only really been 2011. I'm going to get some of these dates wrong, but I'm going to get the meat of it correct. Sure. My, my side veggies might not be fully there. Got it. Um, NBA has been for a few few years, and a lot of it has been judgment calls, not judgment calls, but like whether or not somebody has had a foot on the line for a two-pointer or a three-pointer, whether or not they hit a shot, you know, during the, or I guess after the shot clock or before the shot clock expired, um, or the game clock if somebody hits a buzzer beater or not. And that's really nice because there's a big red thing that lights up on the backboard that indicates if that's the case. Uh, baseball's been relatively recently. Originally, it was home run calls, whether or not a, a ball actually went over the the yellow line on the fence, whether or not a fan interfered with the ball. Uh, more recently, it's it's come to just force outs at first base, second base, whether somebody was tagged. Really, the rules of baseball are, can now be challenged. I, you know, One of the things, though, that leagues are very careful about is not giving coaches or officials too many opportunities to challenge just because nobody wants a four-and-a-half-hour baseball game. Sure. People barely want three-hour baseball games. So, yeah. yeah, NFL has been... Basically, you can challenge everything but... Uh, penalties. You can't really challenge a pass interference, you, or you can't. You can't challenge a pass interference or sort of like the judgment calls of officials. But, you know, if a player steps inbounds, if, you know, somebody snaps it before uh, the, the play clock runs out, things like that, the absolutes can be challenged, but there is a, there's a limit to the number of challenges that coaches and officials, well, officials get more, but coaches get, yeah. This goes back to the story that we yes. had in the, uh, the episode with. Uh-huh. But how how do they get things wrong still? This, right. This baffles me. Yeah. Because it seems like you, these are absolutes. Mm-hmm. There, there are times that you will watch on television. Right. And it seems beyond reasonable doubt to be one thing, and then the decision goes the opposite. Well, one, some rules are just stupid and leaves it way too open to interpretation. Last year, Calvin Johnson had 
what was what appeared to be to the viewing audience who has watched football before a catch in the playoffs. But they have rules about you need to catch it and make a football move and come down with the ball, then up with the ball and continue with the ball. So those are hard to interpret, even with replay available. Also, technology hasn't always been at the point where like it's you know, there's a phrase with football where it's irreversible or incontrovertible video evidence. Well, it can point to it probably happening a situation, but not necessarily with absolute certainty, say both feet landed in bounds or something, or, you know, a fumble was recovered by, like you can't tell at the bottom of a pile sometimes. So sometimes video just doesn't allow us to know everything. And, you know, whether a ball travels, like in my situation, 9.99 yards or 10.01 yards until we have like some sort of sensors in balls that connect with with sensors on the sideline, it's just not going to be 100%. Has instant replay changed the way people play sports, knowing that they kind of have this fail-safe, or is it been relatively ineffective? I don't, I don't really think it's changed how the athletes play. It may have changed how umpires and officials sort of govern over games. But I, I feel like largely players know they have to get two feet in bounds in football. Players know they have to be behind the three-point line and shoot it before or release it before time expires in basketball. Players know that they have to tag physically tag a runner in order for him to be out or her to be out if it's in the college softball World Series, something like that. But it it really actually I have no idea if the college softball <laughs> sure, series sure. has replay. But yes, in Major League Baseball, players know that the rules and the only sort of weird and it's it's unique to baseball because baseball is that that sort of strange game that we all love is there's the neighborhood play so everything can be challenged but because they want to protect players turning double plays a shortstop or a second baseman touching second before throwing it to first they merely have to be in the neighborhood of second base so they can't challenge whether or not a player actually steps on second base in double play because they're protecting the safety of the player so there's there are strange things like that tennis obviously you know, a serve is going to be either in or out. They The replay will, will rule on that. But I don't feel like too many players are changing the way they play knowing that a call could be reversed. Sure. Um, is there an argument for removing in-stream play? We've talked about this a little bit with baseball. Right. The show, where it's, uh, oh, it's the human the human game. Sure. Uh, you're, you're adding in the robots. Right. Is that a thing that has any traction? Or is in reality, everybody's like, yeah, eventually they're going to put little... Uh, electronics inside sure. of everything and it's going to be even more precise than it already there is. is there is an element generally it's from an older crowd of keeping the human element and generally that's the case until your team gets screwed and then you're like oh we should definitely have robots calling balls and strikes and that's something that of course umpires still have the judgment call to make balls and strikes which there have been examples through the year where an umpire suddenly is like yeah i have a five foot strike zone what are you going to do about it in the playoffs and in the pennant and it's just absurd and infuriating but um most of the time, people are okay with things being right rather than things taking longer. That's fair. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, it's, you know, people will lament it a little bit. And there's the integrity of the officials with the judgment calls, whether or not a player was interfered with while trying to catch a pass. And that's obviously much more of a judgment call. Those kinds of calls have decided Super Bowls and national championships. And that's on the officials. There was a famous baseball play during a the, the last out of a perfect game, a bang-bang play at first base, where a perfect play or a perfect game was ended because of a bad ump call that could not be challenged. Um, let's talk about the flip of that. Yes. The mon- most notorious uh, call that did involve instant replay. Can you think of one? 
<sighs> well, I mean, outside of the story I told at the top, to me that was notorious just because sure, because it's me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There there have been a number of, of really weird calls, but it's one of those things where we see the replay of it, but it is that referee judgment call, whether it's the pass interference or it was or was not a foul in the last 30 seconds of a basketball game that can't really be challenged. So generally replay gets it right. You know, like tennis replay is absolute. Basketball replay is generally absolute. You know, sometimes there's a, a judgment call like this past year. The uh, There was a, a, a foot on the baseline situation being replayed during the Duke-Wisconsin National Championship game that really looked like it favored Wisconsin. In the end, it did not, and Duke won the National Championship. I don't know that it won the National Championship for Duke, but it certainly helped Duke out on their way. So there have been a few few situations, but I don't know if there's been an infuriatingly wrong. And I'm sure somebody listening to this will remember something I'm forgetting, but it, it really doesn't stand out. Generally, it's that judgment thing. Sure. Uh, to wrap up. Yes. Do you think there is a chance mm-hmm. that the reason we love gifts plays yeah. into the same chunk of our brain that is like, mm I can't get enough of those instant plays in my sport. I, I think it's the one insane part of your brain. It is it really is. And our friend John Boyce was the one I don't know if this is absolutely true to to sort of popularize the use of gifts and sports because it was just largely an internet reaction tool and nobody really used it for actual video replay of, of sports and he did that uh, a few years ago if you remember the Odell Beckham catch from last season uh, in which he made a superhuman catch he's a receiver on the New York Giants I would venture to guess that between vines and YouTube plays and gifs that that has been seen hundreds of millions of times because people simply don't get sick of excellence goofiness a horrible, horrible moment. It does scratch that same part of the brain, and it's just on a bigger screen when it's instant replay. I have watched the Michigan kicker. Oh my God! The yeah, ball hitting him in the head, and I'm not knowing where that dang ball went. Yes, at least a hundred million. Times of course, gifts, gifts, and instant replays are. I mean, especially with the goofy moments like that. Have you seen the the Toronto inflatable of Toronto course. Raptor skating terribly down the arena steps? It. It, it allows us, because sports happen and things sort of tangential to sports happen so quickly. The, the receiver for the Giants runs a 4.3 second 40-yard dash. Football happens instantaneous. If you're ever on a sideline or close to game, you realize how much faster it is up close than it is when you're watching on TV. And it's still pretty fast on TV. So to have that replay, to have that, con- it really helps the context sink in of how crazy sports are. Sure. Um, I want to thank you oh, for of course. being here today. I also want you to plug your business. Oh, yeah. Just S- plug away. SB Nation. Uh, we're really fun during the college football and NFL season, which is coming up. Um, also, baseball playoffs are coming up. Yeah. I, I do a podcast called The Solid Verbal. Um, that's about it. I Where live... can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Dan Rubenstein. D-A-N-R-U-B-E-N. Locked not, down that official not name. One of the, you know who helped me do that? Yeah. This is completely true. Ross Miller. Really? I was Dan underscore Rubenstein. Oh, and then TheVerge.com. And TheVerge.com's Ross Miller. I don't know why we were talking about this, because the regular Dan Rubenstein was just a parked account. Nobody had ever Ooh. tweeted it. I was like, I just this is just so annoying. It's, it's so minor and stupid, yeah. but it's annoying. And Ross was like, I know somebody. 
And then you got that hookup. Like in 15 minutes, I had it. You have a blue check mark now, too. I don't do you? have, I oh do have a blue check mark. Yeah. Um, it's all happening. <laughs> thank you for listening. We are here every Tuesday. You can find us also on TheVerge.com. You can find us on Twitter at What's Tech. And uh, you know what? If you have any time, stop by iTunes and leave a review because that helps get the show out to more people. Or do what uh, I always think is best. Uh, share our show with your parents because who more than your parents That's would benefit such a good idea. from a, a show like this, right? Oh, my God. I, I think I've made a perfect show for parents, and people aren't sharing it with their parents enough. Have your parents listened? I will probably not. I don't know <laughs> if they love me, but we'll we'll get to that in another episode. I'll send it, I'm going to send it to Jill Rubenstein. <laughs> what is paternal love? Um, thank you. Thank you. Of course. My new surrogate father. Um, uh, yeah, and until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. And again, a special thank you to Wix.com. Today's episode was brought to you by Wix.com, used by 60 million people throughout the world. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites. With a drag-and-drop builder and hundreds of designer-made templates to choose from, you can get your website live today, even if you're a total fool like me. It's easy and it's free. Go to Wix.com, W-I-X.com, and create your stunning website today.